Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. Um, for today's episode, just as a heads up, um, this is our first ever on location episode. <laughs> By that I mean, I'm out for a nice walk with the dog, so every now and then you're going to hear her participation as a guest. When she is participating, it means <laughs> that I'm in the middle of throwing a ball for her to chase. So. Be prepared for additional noises in the background. Um, so I wanted to talk to you. Um, it's going to be a bit of a, a mashup of topics really today. I'm just going to be, it's going to be one of those rambling episodes. Um, so prep yourself for a daddy ramble. Um, so I think first and foremost, really, really, really exciting news. I mentioned last week that I had some exciting news to share with you. The exciting news I've had, I've had it confirmed that I'm allowed to share. Um, a number of weeks ago, we had on the um, podcast, we had David, um, who was talking about matching, um, finding their little one, um, and being sort of talking about whether they could be the right adopters for their young one um, and it was they were going up against another couple as well and we was talking about that experience um i am so excited to tell you that things progress for them they went to matching panel last week and they received a unanimous yes um which i am so so thrilled about for them um they're actually doing another um sort of bump in meeting um this week which i think is really really exciting um i've spoken to them a couple of times and they are buzzing which is it's amazing um so i was really really excited so that's some news that I've got that I can share with you that I think is just really incredible. Um, the other thing I get to talk about is how last week I was back in a training room actually delivering training um, in person, which was so nice. Um, over the past year, we've worked really hard at sort of finding ways to deliver training in sort of in a virtual sense and that is worked. it's done really well and i've been really sort of impressed with how social services um, adopters everyone has just sort of come together to make that work which is so so exciting um that being said all the while we were fully aware that there were gaps with that as a process there was an understanding that certain things would naturally be missed because you weren't in a classroom with each other I say a classroom you know what i mean um we had that opportunity to get back in a room and the thing that i always said was missing from online learning was was sort of there pretty much from the off and that's the the interaction among one another the opportunity for adopters to talk to one another 
and learn from one another as well and get the opportunity to just start talking about some things that we might feel uncomfortable about, they might not be sure about, but they're in a room so they feel more confident to talk about it. There was a really, really healthy discussion around first families, birth families, and how we felt about them and what what sort of concerns we might have had. And I was really, really impressed because only on day two, um, one of the adopters talked about their feelings around um, first families um, and how it was a struggle for them with regards to contact. Um, And what they were able to talk about was how they wanted to express empathy, but they were struggling, and they were struggling to feel that towards first families. Now, (laughs) I've spent three days with this person, very kind-natured, very good person. They weren't saying anything that made them an evil (laughs) human being or, you know, how dare they say such a thing. But I also know that if they were in a digital training room, I don't believe that they would have been able to talk about that sort of thing. What was exciting was in in the room, in front of everyone, this person was able to be open, honest, discuss their feelings, and hear that other people were feeling the same way, and saying, you know, oh, I don't feel that way, or yeah, I kind of felt that way before. Um, and you were able to hear how people had gone on sort of various journeys and were at different starting points and different ending points as well. But I really like that in that environment, people could just be honest with one another and with themselves. And by doing that, as trainers, we were then able to guide our training and our learning around that sort of thing to help that adopter on their journey. Now, that's not necessarily sell by the end of it. That adopter has got to change their mind and say, actually, you need to sit here and feel complete empathy towards all birth families. That's not that's not necessary. You are on your own journey and that is up to you how you want to feel about that. But what it allowed the in particular the social worker was able to talk and say, you know what, I've had other adopters that I've worked with and done assessments with that had sort of come from similar experiences and we talked about some of the different sort of uh, stories that the birth families might have that you might feel more comfortable with Um, and they talked about sort of different different stories for our birth families and our children and saying you know could you accept a child that had this experience? Could you could you help to find some empathy there? And through exploring that, it allowed that social worker to then say, do you know what? These three profiles that I'm working on, their stories are not going to work with your comfort levels. However, these two stories 
actually you said that you could work with that and support that. So I'm now going to think that this is a better match. That social worker was saying how incredibly better the match would be. I don't think that that was particularly good grammar there, so I do apologise. I was concentrating on the dog for a second. Um, But through having that information, it allowed her to make a better match. By making the better match, we reduce the risk of a disruption. So it's all working towards the same thing. And I think that was a message that kept on coming out over the three days. Honesty. Honesty, honesty, honesty. Be open, be honest to everyone. Your social worker, your children, your family, but to yourself. Really look after yourself and be honest with yourself about how you're feeling and what you can and can't accept. Because if you take on a challenge that you're just not able to pick up, and you know that from the off, it's almost not guaranteed to go wrong, but it's, it's guaranteed to be a harder struggle. So find it in yourself what what you're struggling with and then what you're comfortable with as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a real nice opportunity to be in a room and to actually hear from people and hear some real thoughts and real feelings that we could then offer further support and guidance on. So I was I was really thrilled to be in a room working together with with adopters again it was it was really beneficial for everyone um it's not to say that whilst there hasn't been um, the opportunity to be in the room that you know those adopters have lost the opportunity to become good adopters of course not um i i do believe that the adopters that have had virtual sessions it would be really beneficial for them if they were to now have sort of uh, top up um, and just to work, just maybe sort of like a half day session in person. So as, so as they can kind of interact with some, some peers and get some peer support. I think within that you also build peer network as well. Um, and I think that is invaluable. Um, <laughs> Shadow agrees. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So that was that was another musing um, that I've had. Another one, um, which was really really lovely. So, little dude and I was walking home from school yesterday, um, and as we were walking, he was talking to me about. Um, different exams that he's sitting at the moment, different assessments, and how he hopes he has done. Um, And he was able to talk to me about sort of the results that he's anticipating and the journey that he's on. And um, it was really nice, actually, because he was able to be honest and say, you know what, struggled here. I don't think I've, you know, done particularly well in this one. But I think I've excelled in that one. And he was having a, a really mature approach to it all, um, which I found quite, quite lovely. When we were then sat at dinner, um, 
we were addressing the conversation again and he's got his plan um, so he would like to be a cardiothoracic surgeon and he's told us that he's done some research what he's identified is that <clears throat> for that path he needs to take two sciences or all three sciences um, and one other A-level. Now his plan is at A-level to take biology, chemistry, maths and psychology. I said, okay, that's cool. Um, he's only subject there that he's concerned about with his grades is um, maths. He needs to get a seven, which for us that speak old money, that's an A um, at GCSE level to be able to take it at A level. Um, well, it might be a six, so it might be a B um, that he needs to achieve in order to take it at A level standard. Um, when I sort of talked to him about how he felt about that, um, he felt quite confident, um, said that his mock exams gave him pretty close to that, so he felt really, um, really confident that that would be something that he could achieve. So, okay, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm all about staying positive and thinking about the positivity. Um, have you given any thought to what happens if that doesn't happen for whatever reason? And he was really, really good. He was like, yeah. So if I don't get that, I have the opportunity to resit it. Um, I'm allowed to resit it and actually sit the exam. He said, and if I don't achieve that, um, I won't be able to take maths. But I then would take politics as a secondary option. Um, I was like, okay, that's fine. What then happens to your plans? Now, if you could all see what I'm seeing right now, Shadow is currently knee-deep in mucky, horrible, gross water. Either you grab the ball or it's gone. Come on. Come on. I think the ball's lost, guys. Come on. Yep, it's lost. It's gone. And she is going to stink, so she now needs a shower. <laughs> um, so... I digress. Um, so we sort of talked about, you know, what happens if that happens, you know, to the rest of your plans? What's what's going to be um, the end result there? And he says, right, okay, well, it would mean one of two things. He says, if I am not able to do that, then it changes the university that I can go to. At, at present, the universities that I'd like to attend would be um, and he, he listed a couple I asked he said that I think I think the best in the country was Oxford and I said you know you're not adding that to your list of ones that you'd like to attend why is that um, he said um, because there's a further entry exam um, there's additional work to be done and I could go to a different university 
achieve the same thing, but just not have to go through the extra layer to get the layer of prestige of saying that I went to Oxbridge. And I was like, do you know what? I get that. That's all. That's all good. Um, so he then said, you know, if I didn't achieve this, I'd have to go to these universities. If, however, I don't then achieve that, what I've decided is I would go down the road of um, attending, um, he said, I'd still look at my options, he said, but I think if I didn't achieve what I needed to pay, I would look at applying myself via um, the armed services and using the army to sort of further propel that and actually study medicine with the army. And both Dad and I were really, really so excited to listen to it because these are some sort of suggestions that we've made probably about three, four years ago. Um, and he sort of wasn't comfortable with it. And we dropped it in a couple of times, but we were so excited because as we're talking to him, he had a plan. Then he had a backup plan. And then he had a backup for the backup plan. And it was, it was as well that he was sitting and he'd listened to us. He'd paid attention to our advice and guidance and it had made sense to him. And he was talking about ways that he could apply it. And, and that was incredible because for a lot of time when, when you're a parent, or certainly what I've found, when you're a parent, you feel like you're sometimes talking to a brick wall and <laughs> sometimes sort of saying certain things and you think, oh, I'm not entirely sure that this is being heard. Uh, I'm not convinced <laughs> that, that I should continue. But you carry on anyway because you're trying your best for, for these young ones. And as you're talking through, then to have him repeat some of these things, mate, he's listening. Not only is he listening, he's taking it in and he's actually applying it. And it's almost like this this little beacon of light saying, you know, sort of flashing every now and then saying, you're doing a good job. And I know that probably sounds quite modest of me. Um, I don't mean it in that way, but I just mean it in, it's so exciting when you have just something to to help tell you that you're on the right track, or at least partially on the right track. And both Dad and I got really excited that that, that was that was happening and, and he was able to listen to us and that he wanted to listen to us. Um, and in addition as well, being sort of almost 16 years old, he was, he was listening, but he was also planning. You know, he was also thinking about his future and what that looked like and how he felt and what, what his future looked like. And that was, that was incredible. Um, so, yeah, that was a really lovely moment for us as parents to, to just have that little indication that, you know what, it's going well, you're doing a good job. Um, and we were really, really proud of him and still are super proud of him.
and he's done well. Um, it's been a crazy year, but he's he's taking it all in his stride, and we are really really proud of what he's doing. Um, then the final musing. Um, I ages ago now. Um, I was talking with. Um, so I was talking to Peggy and Laura from Two Good Bums, um, and the podcast Two Good Bums, fantastic. If you haven't listened to it, tune into that. That is absolutely incredible little story. Um, as a result of our conversation, it made me start thinking about our own contact. Um, and I don't know. If So I don't know if I mentioned this previously, um, but um, we've now moved over on our contact screen. We've moved over to email format for us as well. Um, it took a little bit of time with um, social services and um, with Little Dude's Mum, just making sure that everything sort of fit and looked looked right. Um, but we have all agreed that we would move over to doing email contact. Um, I've set up a, a very generic email address and we've launched communication and we've been emailing. It's been really, really nice. We've been able to remove some formalities, bring it back to just casual conversation. Um, just chatting about things that sort of that was more helpful for all of us, um, but not not as intense. Um, and in, within our emails, she's um, little dude's mum has been able to share some um, different photos of the family. Um, it's been really nice looking at who little dude looks like who he has a resemblance to um and also seeing how little dude's mum's doing as well hearing from her hearing how she's doing and and just sort of having a good catch up um it's been really really healthy for us all um and i think i was talking to her and telling her how everything's going how little dude's doing um and letting her know how we talk about her. And she told us that it made her really emotional to hear how we were talking about her within the family. And it made her really, really smile to know that, that we were, I don't know, I, I think perhaps she had a fear that we might have been, we might have felt quite negatively about her or said some negative things. So I guess it was nice for her to hear that actually what we had to say was was positive. Um, and I guess, I guess my message at that point is to just sort of remind you all that birth families, first families. <laughs> They're not two-headed monsters. They're not evil. They 
they've made errors, they've done things that can really upset us. But contact is so, so, so important. And it helps not only our kids, but it helps them as well. So I think it's worth just thinking about, considering, um, because when I get when I get those emails back, it feels really good. It feels really good that it's working, um, and that I almost feel like our family is more secure by doing it. Um, so, so yeah, that's my my musings. Uh, the walk has now come to an end. Um, I've not even reached a mile, guys. Uh, I'm confident that <laughs> the little lady did, but I did not. I was close, but not even a mile. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to do some yoga now. Right. So thanks, as always, for listening. Um, I look forward to speaking to you next week. There's a good chance that I'm speaking to a guest next week. I will keep it to myself for now because I need to confirm all details but I'm really hopeful that I'm speaking to the guests next week and uh, it'll be a really interesting interview so watch this space Um, until then have a lovely week bye